Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that God will meet you in this time with a fresh revelation of His love for you and that you will be challenged to align with the amazing plans that God has waiting for you. Here's this week's message from Pastor Brenton. Good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Good. It's looking Christmassy in here. Yeah. You guys excited for that? I am. I love the snow until Christmas, and then it can all melt, but it doesn't, but hey, that's, that's all good. Um, I don't leave, right? I don't move to Florida because of you guys. Awesome. Well, if you're joining us online too, thanks for, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm excited to, to, yeah, be sharing with you and just expecting that God's going to move this morning, amen? And he already has, so let's, yeah, let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is, is already here and has already spoken and touched our hearts today. God, I just pray that you would continue to do that. And, and God, I just, I'm confident that you, you're going to speak beyond me. I'm, I'm confident that if there's anything in particular that you want to sink down in our hearts today, that you're going to do that work, Lord God. And so we just, as a people, say yes to that. We want to surrender to what you want to do inside of us. We don't want to be resistant to anything you have to say. So yeah, God, I pray that we'd have open hearts and ears to hear what your spirit is saying today. Amen. Right on. Well, uh, I, I have a, a confession to make. Uh, there's something that not a, not a lot of people know. Um, it, it dates back to grade nine foods class. Not my favorite class. We did a lot of theory and not a lot of baking. I thought in the foods class you'd make food, but we, we did a test on how to use the microwave. So um, I passed the test because as a 15-year-old, you know how to throw a pizza pop in the microwave, right? So, um, but eventually we got to make uh, a cake, and so this was good. I was excited. I'm like, okay, here we go. We're making a cake. So we get the ingredients together. Uh, put most of the ingredients inside the cake, uh, throw the cake in the oven to bake, and uh, take the cake out, and we realize it's looking pretty flat, a little bit more pancakey uh, than cakey. And so the foods teacher comes up to me and asked, are you sure you put all the ingredients in? Um, and I realized, oh yeah, there was that like baking powder or baking soda thing that I didn't put in. So... Um, and I told her, yeah, 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 we did. I don't know why it turned out this way, but it wasn't true. So if my great nine foods teacher is listening, I forgot the, the baking powder or soda. I, I'm sorry, you know. Um, but, but I think in our, our lives and in our churches too, sometimes, sometimes there can be a missing ingredient. And um, one of those ingredients can be being, being filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit and living lives that are filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. This ingredient is so important. If we want our lives to turn out, if we don't want our lives to be a flop, we need to be empowered by His Spirit. Uh, I, I really remember just so vividly one morning I was meeting with God and He gave me this, just this picture of a basketball that was flat and trying to bounce a, a flat basketball. It's not a fun thing to do. And, and I felt God say to me, this is you, Brenton, when you're not filled with my spirit. You are not very effective. You're, you're hard to work with. It's just, it's not a good thing, right? 
And so the Bible calls us and urges us to be people that are filled with the Spirit. Even when Jesus died and was raised again, his disciples saw Jesus, right? They laid hands on where the nails were, and they had the message of the gospel that, that Jesus didn't die. He rose, he did die, but he rose again, and he's alive now. They had that message, but even still, Jesus said, wait and go to the upper room. Even though they had the message, wait and go to the upper room, and there you're going to receive power to be my witnesses. So they had the message, but they needed to receive power still because this is how God wanted to do it. God wanted to be in us and flow through us and empower us. It's not just us giving a message and then him coming down from heaven to reveal. It is that, but it's actually that the Holy Spirit's leading us in how to do that and empowering us to do that and flowing through us. And so that's pretty amazing. Um, We're in this series, uh, DNA, so we're talking all about uh, as a church, what are, what are the things that we just really want to stress and really want to stand for and practice and live out? Not just preach and hear about, but live out. And one of those things is that we desire to be a word and a power church, where we have the word of God that we're fully believing in and also the power of the Holy Spirit moving in our lives. So I'm going to read this right from the website here. Something that we're passionate about seeing at GMC is the harmony of the Word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that. That is an amazing combination. As a church, we aim to be rooted and grounded in the Word of God and have a desire to see the Holy Spirit empower believers to live a life pleasing to God and equip us with supernatural gifts. So the first part there is really important. We, we want to be a church that's rooted and grounded in God's word. Uh, we fully believe that God is, is a speaking God, and God wants to speak to me, and God wants to speak to you. But, but for that to, to be um, biblical, we need to realize that God will, will never give us, um, he'll never speak to us outside of of what it says in the Bible, right? So he will speak to you, but it's always gonna line up with the truth that's established in his word, right? So if you would come up to me and say, hey, I heard from God and it says this, and and that's actually contrary to the Bible, I don't need to go into a state of, oh, okay, I, I don't know what to do here. You say this, the Bible says this, those are two different things. Okay, let me weigh these, this out here and see what, what's the truth. I don't need to do that at all. You're wrong, right? You're, you're just wrong. If what you're saying is outside of what God has spoken, I'm sorry, it's, it's not, not from God. So I'll, I'll, maybe I want to say you're wrong, but I'm gonna, there's going to have to be a correction there, right? Because it's just not true, right? And so God, we believe God speaks to us. But it all lines up with scripture and what he's already spoken. And and this really just helps ground us and make sure that as we're being led by the spirit, we're not all of a sudden falling into deception and being led by our flesh, right? The word of God grounds us in that. In Galatians 1.8 it says, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be under a curse. So there's, if it's a revelation that falls outside of the, the Bible, no, it's wrong. Um, so if we're going to be people 
that are led by the Spirit, then we need to be people that are grounded and rooted in the Word of God, right? That just, that, that works together really well, because if you're going to be led by the Spirit, you're going to need to know what it says in the Word of God. If you're going to live a life of hearing God in your life, well, one of the biggest places you'll hear God is in God's Word, right? Because the word is active and alive and he wants to speak to you in that. And so if you're going to be people that are led by the spirit, you need to make sure that you're rooted and grounded in God's word of what he says. And then at the same time, if you're going to be people of the word, then you are going to be someone who is led by the spirit, right? Because this is what it says in the word of God that we are to be led um, and filled with the spirit. In Romans Uh, 8 verse 6, it says, so letting your sinful nature or your flesh control your mind, it leads to death. When we let ourselves and our sinful nature control our mind, that leads to a place of death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. That That is a daily thing that we need to do. Let the spirit control your mind. It's a process of surrendering right? Because we have a flesh in us that that wants to lead us into death. When someone maybe comes against us or hurts us, we get riled up. We have a flesh inside that maybe wants to punch that person in the face or something like that. We have to make sure I'm not being led by that. Holy Spirit, lead me. I want to submit to how you're leading me and what you want to do and follow your way. Um, I love what it says in Ephesians 4.23, instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And that's what the Spirit wants to do. He is the one that leads us into all truth. And he's good at leading us into all truth. He's the counselor, and he's the one that's counseling us and helping us to live a life that's pleasing to God. So what that takes is for us to daily align with what he's saying, to daily tune in to the Spirit of God to make sure that we're in in line with his truth. Amen? got a guitar here. This is a risky analogy because if it's going to work, I need to make a a good sound. And on Saturday, I tried and it didn't work. (laughs) If I I play this guitar and I'm going to lead some worship... Sounds great. How many think it sounds pretty good? Anyone? Not even any children. Usually, okay, Dorcas, thank you. (laughs) One person, awesome. It sounds pretty awful. Um, There's a reason that every time I'm leading worship, I have to tune my guitar. Because no matter how great I'm thinking I'm playing, if it's out of tune, it's not not sounding great. And people are going to be like, ooh, that sounds a little off. So what I need to do is I need to make sure that I'm in tune with my little app here. This is where I failed because I failed to tune my guitar last time. Okay. We'll see here. Well, thank you, thank you. Thank you. I know, I'm good. These are hard chords here. G, E minor, C. Sorry, Brad, you played a lot, but you didn't get an applause. (laughs) Only for me. But if we're truly going to live a life pleasing to God, if we 
if we want the actions of our life to, to sound pleasing to him and to accurately represent God, we need to be in tune with the spirit. We can't tune in to, to our own flesh and our own desires. We need to stay in tune with the spirit. And when that happens, in Galatians 5, I, I believe this happens. But the fruit of the Spirit, it says, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of when you're in tune with the Spirit, the fruit of when you're remaining in the Spirit, the fruit of when you're letting the Spirit lead you, the fruit of when you're keeping in step with the Spirit, like the Bible says. The fruit of this is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there's no law. So this is the fruit, and this is what we want to see in our lives through the leading and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, through remaining in him. Jesus promises, as you remain in me, you will bear fruit. And this fruit is so important because Jesus even said, you'll know a prophet by their what? By their fruit. Not necessarily just their works, but by their fruit. And so we need the fruit of the Spirit in our life. But in addition to the fruit of the Spirit, something that, that goes together so well um, is the, are the gifts of the Spirit. And I really believe the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit go together like baking soda and brown sugar. Um, baking soda is a, is a base and it needs uh, something acidic to be able to mix with so that the, your cake will rise. I did watch a YouTube video, so I'm, I'm knowledgeable on this now. Um, baking powder, actually, interestingly enough, it can react with heat and water, so it doesn't need anything acidic. But if you have baking soda and you don't mix it with something that's, that has um, some, something acidic, it's not going to, to rise. And in our life, to get in the same way, I really believe that, that God wants the, the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But he also wants to empower us with the gifts of the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, this is what it says in verse 7. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given a, the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit, to another, faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing of sp between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, still to another, interpretation of tongues. And all of these are the work of one and, and the same spirit. Paul had to say that a lot. Because there in Corinth, there was a lot of different gods. So he had to make sure, hey, this is, this is the Holy Spirit doing all of this. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. At, here at GMC, we, we, we fully believe that these gifts are for today. Um, and these gifts are, are for me. These gifts are for you. And they're and they're functioning in the church. And we, we want to celebrate these gifts. We don't want to just say, okay, I don't know about these. Um, we don't want to tolerate these gifts. We want to celebrate these gifts. We want to see them active. And it's cool because they often are active. Just, just this week, Jim uh, texted the, the staff uh, WhatsApp group text and said, hey, there was a life group that was praying for one of their, their daughters, and the daughter actually was physically healed. 
That's so cool. That's what we want to see, right? Just in a life group in our church, that's happening. Um, I think it was last week at Central Station, uh, Tyrone, who um, we do spiritual care there, he was praying for someone that came in and they received physical healing. So awesome, right? Uh, at the Set Free, maybe a month ago, me and Brad were, were going around praying for people, and it was amazing how God was giving us prophetic words, um, just, um, just speaking to those people's lives for their encouraging, their exhortation, and their comfort. So we in this church, we believe in these gifts, and we believe they're for today, and we want to actively see them happening. I realize that some of you, Maybe you, you look at these things and, and maybe you don't know what to think, right? Tongues, that sounds ugh, a little weird. Healing, does that really happen? Miraculous powers, eh. You know, or maybe some of you have sat under teaching that has taught against these things. Or maybe, again, maybe you just don't know a whole lot about them. I know that was me growing up. Um, when GMC first started, uh, Pastor Claude wasn't the, the pastor, and so we didn't really hear anything, anything much about the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, I, I remember, too, actually, when I went to a youth group, not in this church, another church, I went to a, a group that, that taught against these gifts, and what, what uh, essentially what they did was they played videos where, where, where people, um, they were misusing these gifts, or the, the, the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit weren't working together, and so it was a distortion of, of the gifts of the Spirit. There was, there was people making up healings, um, and it was, yeah, a bunch of videos that showed these gifts not being really exercised properly. And so at the end of that video, um, the, the person teaching kind of said, well, you, you can see the proof. These are pretty weird, and they're not good. They're not helpful. They're not loving. They're not kind. So we should throw them all away, right? So that was the conclusion made. The only problem with that is if there's a distortion of something that is good, does it make you then have to throw away the something that is good? I don't think it should. Take cheesecake. Cheesecake is good. It is very good. I'm having some today. Um, it's, it's my birthday supper today at my in-laws, and so Michelin asked me what cake that I want, and I said, make me some cheesecake. Um, now, I, I could maybe, her cheesecake's gonna be good. I can, I, can, I can promise you that. It's really good. I've experienced it. But I could go to someone's place, and, and they could really tell me, hey, Brenton, you know, I made this cheesecake, and I didn't really follow the recipe. I just kind of, you know, threw stuff together, and let's hope it tastes good. I eat that cheesecake, and it just tastes awful. It's an awful cheesecake. Does that take away all the amazing experiences I've had with cheesecake before? No, no, <laughs> no, I've tasted and seen cheesecake's good. Does that now put me in a place where I... Every time someone puts out a cheesecake in front of me, I say, oh, no, 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 no cheesecake. I've had a bad experience. No, I'm going to eat cheesecake because cheesecake is good. I might have reservations about the cheesecake because of the, the memories that, that come back to that other cheesecake, but I think I should keep eating cheesecake. Uh, and this is, this is not just uh, an analogy that's found with cheesecake. This is what the Bible says as well. Look what the Bible says, because that's really important at the end of the day, right? 
First Thessalonians 5 says, don't quench the spirit. When I think of that, not quenching the spirit, I think of when you take a garden hose and you twist it, right? And you're quenching off the flow of the spirit. Don't, don't do that. Don't quench the spirit. It says, do not despise prophecies. Why would it say that? Why would it say, why would people despise prophecies? Why would Paul have to say don't despise prophecies? Because maybe someone misused this gift, right? There, there are false prophecies, there, there are false prophets, right? And so maybe someone didn't use this gift well. I've received prophecies before, just to be totally honest, where I, I had to say, God, that, that, did, that doesn't sit well in my spirit. Is this from you, God? And, and in that conversation with God, through prayer, I realized, no, that's not, that's not from God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set that aside. And that's exactly what we're supposed to do, right? It says, test everything and hold fast to what is good. So there's wisdom needed, right? There's wisdom. There's our own walk with the Holy Spirit needed as we use the gifts. There's also the fruit of the Spirit needed as you use the gifts of the Spirit. Again, the fruit and the gifts of the Spirit are like baking soda and brown sugar. They, they mix together well. And if you miss one of those ingredients, it's not the best, um, it, as Paul was teaching the, the church of, of Corinth in, in 1 Corinthians 12, he was correcting the way that they were using the gifts of the Spirit. What was happening in the church in Corinth is someone would come on stage and they would speak in tongues in a language that people aren't understanding. And then they'd go have a seat. And everyone would just be like, okay, I, I didn't benefit from that. And so Paul is say, Paul does, first of all, Paul doesn't say, hey, shut it all down. Do not do any of that stuff. Shut it all down. You're not mature enough. No, Paul uses this moment to teach the, the church of Corinth to use these gifts well. And so Paul says, hey, if someone's going to come on stage and speak in tongues, you got to interpret that. No one else knows what you're talking about. So if it's going to build everyone else up, it's got to be interpreted. And, and, and actually, in a corporate setting, why don't you focus on prophecy? Because prophecy is going to be given. It's when you hear something for another person from God for their strengthening, encouraging, comfort. So Paul's saying, actually, prophecy is going to be building up and edifying the church. So in a corporate setting, why don't you focus on prophecy more? Um, he's not saying for them to not speak in tongues, because later in the passage, he actually says, hey, guys, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So, but that builds me up. But in a corporate setting, why don't you um, aim for prophecy? And then... In 1 Corinthians 13, this is where you have the love chapter, which fits in there perfectly well, right? Because if you're going to have the, the gifts of the Spirit, you need the fruit of the Spirit working together, right? So Paul doesn't shut these gifts down just because they're not exactly used properly. He pastors that, and he helps them to walk and use them in a way that's going to build people up. Um, so, so anyway, in our church, eventually Claude... Uh, was the pastor. He kind of has this Pentecostal background coming into, French Pentecostal background coming into a church of Mennonites. I'm so glad he stayed. That's so good. <laughs> and, and so he slowly, in kind of a very gentle way, kind of an undercover way, starts introducing us into the gifts of the Spirit. I think if he would have done it just full on right away, we would have just been like, whoa, 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 get out of here, weirdo and put him out of the church. 
But, but, he, but he helped, again, he pastored us into this place of, of realizing that these gifts are for today and these gifts are for me. So because of this, it kind of sparked my interest. Because of this, it got me searching to say, okay, okay, this, this is for today. Uh, at the time, I was, I was going to a Bible college and I just kept searching um, for answers. Uh, I remember we, as part of my one of my courses, we took a spiritual gifts test, though, and when it came to like speaking in other tongues, it just asked, "Do you speak? Do you ever find yourself speaking in an unknown language that you don't understand?" And you just click, "Nope," and then you print the sheet, and it's like, "Okay, you don't have the gift of tongues." Well, okay, then. And, but but there was this frustration inside of me because it's like, is that is that that like as simple as that? I just don't don't have the gift of healing, don't have the gift of tongues, and I'll never see that in my life. I did a paper, too, on miracles. Why, and one of the things that I was answering is, why, why don't we see these today? When we read Acts, do you see miracles happen? Everywhere. You read Acts, miracles are happening. Why am I not seeing miracles here? Why is this not for me, and why is this not for today? And some of the answers I got, um, I wasn't satisfied with because they just weren't biblical Right? There was no one that pointed me to a passage that said, hey, this is why none of this happens today. This is why this happens in other countries and not Canada. Um, it wasn't, there's no passage in the Bible like that. Right? Someone did say to me, hey, sometimes we see miracles happen in other countries because they're bringing the gospel. And as you bring the gospel, God confirms that he's real with signs and wonders. And that's actually true. Right, but why can't he do? Like, can I, can't we bring the gospel in Canada? Can can he do miracles in Canada again? At the end of the day, I was asking, why isn't this for me, and why isn't this for today? And look what it says in Acts two. This is Peter quoting the prophet Joel. Really, this is right after Pentecost. Peter is really saying, "Hey, these are for today," because um, he's quoting the prophecy Joel made. And it says, "In the last days, God says." I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. What about this passage is not including you? Is everyone included here? Anyone old? Anyone young and in between too? <laughs> are you male? Are you female? This is for you. This is for you. And this is for today. Peter was quoting this because he was saying, these are the last days. Christ is raised from the dead. And God has poured out his spirit onto all people. And so even though, again, I, I, I didn't know about these gifts, I started to seek these gifts because this is what we're called to do. This is what's biblical. In 1 Corinthians 14, it says, follow the way of love. Again, this is coming out of the love chapter. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. That word, if you look it up in the Greek, it talks about a burning having a zealous burning for the gifts of the Spirit in your life. Do I have a zealous burning for the gifts of the Spirit in my life? Do you have a zealous burning for the gifts of the Spirit in your life? And I've, 
I've heard a lot of people that, that have come to the conclusion that they're just not comfortable with these gifts, right? They're a little, they're a little strange, or they're a little outside of their understanding. It breaks their logic a bit too much. And so they say, okay, maybe it's true, but I'm good. Other people can go wild, but me, no. No, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say no. If that's you here today, it was me at one point, absolutely. If that's you here today, I, I don't think that's a biblical approach, right? We're called to eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. And, and if God gives us a gift, I think it's important that we accept that gift, amen? If, if my wife would give me a gift for Christmas, and I would say, oh, wow, what a great gift, great bow tie, great packaging, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to set it down, Right, right there. Thanks, but I'm just not comfortable with opening it. I'm, I'm just going to leave it. But thanks, it's just not for me. That's going to, like, she's going to be offended, right? She's going to be like, I bought you the gift. I thought of you. I put in the work of getting you this gift. Open the gift, right? I think it's the same thing for us. Again, if we have that approach that I, I'm good without it as well, the other thing that we're failing to see is that th this gift isn't for me. These are not just gifts to benefit you. For sure they do benefit you. And for, for sure you get, it, it's an amazing privilege to have and be used by the, gifts of, by, by the Spirit and have the gifts of the Spirit. It blows my mind. Every time I see God use me, it's just like, whoa, that's, that's, that's crazy. But these gifts aren't really for me. They're for other people. Do you ever get a gift like that? It's, it's for someone, but it actually is benefiting everyone else. The elders got Claude uh, a smoker one year, and uh, it was a gift for Claude, but it's also a gift to me. <laughs> and today, actually, I've requested that, that Claude would, he, he asked me, do you want ribs? And I said, oh, absolutely do I want ribs, because they're going to be smoked ribs. Those just thinking about it now, and it's just exciting. They're just gonna, they just, they're smoking. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. But the gifts of the Spirit, if, if we're saying, hey, I'm good without it, my question to you is, is your world good without it? Are your, are your neighbors good without it? Is your church good without it? I think it's a selfish approach. Right, because these gifts aren't tricks. They're not just, oh wow, someone got healed. They're, they're things that God is using to build his church. They're things that God is using to build his kingdom. It, again, it says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, now each, to each one the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. And, and so this is the problem. If, if we arrive at a conclusion that I'm not gonna pursue these gifts, the problem I have is again, we need these gifts. God's gonna give us these power tools, these amazing gifts, and we're gonna set them aside. No, we need all the help we need to get the job done, right? And how, how are we gonna do anything without his spirit? Really, how? How are we gonna do that? As, as I was preparing um, the, the sermon and, and someone was, was asking me, what, what stuck out to you? This week, as you were preparing the sermon, what, what stuck out to me is that my life is a flop unless I have, I'm led by the Holy Spirit, 
I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit, and I'm in tune with the Holy Spirit. My life's just an absolute flop. How, how am I going to make any difference? How, how is my prayer going to make any difference? How are we as a church going to make any difference if it's our own doing, if it's our own leading, if it's our own efforts? It's not going to happen. That, we're going to take that out of the oven, and it's going to be a big, fat flop. We need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And, and yeah, we're, we're in this, these times that, that are just hard, right? They're, they're hard times. Now they're, they're talking to you about a, a new variant as well that's out there. And, and I'm sure there'll be more and more. We're going to get through the whole Greek alphabet eventually with variants. But it comes to this point where, where it makes me just say, like, God, what's the answer? Like, like God, like, how can we proceed? How can we move forward? God, I, I can't do this anymore. And it's awesome because I think that's the exact answer God wants us to have, right? It's the exact conclusion that he wants us to make. It was just like Zerubbabel when the temple is just flattened. It's a total flat mess. And there's no temple in Jerusalem. There's no place where the presence of God is residing for worship, and God says to Zerubbabel, it's not by might, it's not by power, it's what? It's by my spirit. It's by my spirit. And if we as a church, or if me, if my life is going to turn out to be anything, the only way it's going to happen is God flowing through me. Because I can't touch hearts, I can't heal anyone, I, I, I can't do anything unless God is flowing through me. So we need to be people of the Spirit, amen? We need to be people that not only say, ah, oh, those gifts are weird, but say, God, I want, you, I want you to fill me. God, I want you to empower me. I need your Holy Spirit, God, because I, I want to build up my church. I, I, I want to reach my, my world, and I can't do that. Help me, God. In, in Acts 4, the, the disciples, they're in a tough situation, too. Um, they're being told and, and threatened to, to stop preaching the, the word of God. And so their situation is very different, right? In our situation, we have not been told to stop preaching the word of God. Um, and we are not in any kind of threat or facing any kind of persecution. But they were. They were facing this real persecution. And they meet together in Acts 4. And they don't, they don't whine. Right? They don't say, oh, it's hard. They don't just complain like, oh, those Romans. Psh. They don't do that. <laughs> they pray. They meet together and they pray. Because that's what they needed to do. Complaining wasn't going to get them very far. <laughs> Whining wasn't going to get them very far. They knew they needed to pray. It was the only way. If they wanted the gospel to move and expand, they were going to have to pray because it was going to be a doing of the Spirit. And I love how it says in Acts 4.31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Now, this is coming after Pentecost, but they needed a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit, right? And we're the exact same way. We need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. 
one day being untuned with the Holy Spirit and not in, aligned with the Holy Spirit is one day enough where we lose that effectiveness. It's one day enough where we become that flat basketball. It's one day enough where we're that cake with that missing ingredient. We need to be filled every day, amen? So let's stand here. Let's pray for this. Let's ask God to fill us. God, we just acknowledge that we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. And God, I, I just pray that, that in this season, we would just so learn from the bottom of our heart that there's, there's nothing else. We need you. We need your empowerment, God. Our lives are a flop without you. So Father, I just pray that you would come by your Holy Spirit. God, you would distribute gifts by your Holy Spirit this morning. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a peace that transcends understanding that you want to just put in someone's heart. Maybe it's a, a boldness. Maybe it's a fresh passion for people in their life. I don't know what you want to do, God, but I pray that you would do just as you determine, like it says. But God, I pray that our response would be we're hungering and thirsting and desiring for it to happen. God, we need to see a move of your spirit in our lives and we just, we just humbly say that we are not it. We can't do it. But we thank you that you've sent your spirit. We thank you that you're ready and willing and, and you give your Holy Spirit to those who ask. That's a promise that we have in the Bible, that when we ask, you will give. We don't know how you'll give, but we know you'll give. We know you'll empower, so we trust you, God. And we just say yes to your Holy Spirit filling us today. But God, tomorrow, I, I pray that we would have a heart that knows we need you all over again. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.